Hey, good morning again, friends, and hello to all of you on live stream. Hey to our friends at uh, Park Place who are watching from balconies. Thanks for joining us despite the heat. Um, today, if you have a Bible or uh, a phone, we are going to uh, dive into Hebrews chapter 12, uh, the first 11 verses or so. Um, I think God has an image for us, a picture of what disciples of Jesus look like in this particular moment of time and in this particular season, and it is this kind of simple description. God is looking for disciples who have soft hearts and tough feet, soft, tender, open hearts and tough feet for the path that's ahead. I mean, beautifully, whenever we witness a baptism as a community, that goes a long way to softening my own heart just seeing the promises of God unfold in front of us. Again, if you're watching at home, and for those of you who are here, if you have access to some cold water later on, it would be a great thing to remind yourself, if you've been baptized into the family of God, to plunge your head in, to plunge your fist in, and let some water wash over you, and to remember that Jesus' blood is strong enough to cover your sins too. This is a beautiful, heart-softening, heart-opening truth. With most new beginnings, like Teddy Ribbon's lives, we instinctually have a soft, warm, open heart. Every new beginning, I think, whether it's a building opening, the birth of a child, maybe the beginning of a school year, new beginnings full of potential, full of hope, tend to soften our hearts. This is be the truth uh, at every new beginning, I believe, but it's only true for a brief season. And the journey of life is a long, difficult, hard, complicated journey. And tough feet, in Jesus' name, are going to be needed along the way for whatever your journey is. So a number of years ago when I was living in California, uh, I and five friends took a little trip to the Yosemite Valley, to uh, Yosemite State Park, and we were going to undertake the mother of all day hikes, which was to climb from the valley in Yosemite up to the peak of Half Dome, which is an incredible, beautiful panorama. Uh, the route we chose to take was about 22 miles, and you climbed a vertical mile, and if you've ever been there, the last maybe 1,000 feet of Half Dome, you climb at a 55-degree angle, aided by some steel cables that have been pounded in the ground. I mean, it's terrifying. If you go like three feet that way, you would fall 5,000 feet to your doom and four feet that way, same thing. So on this day hike journey, this was one day, we suffered greatly. One of us had just the world's biggest blisters on both feet. Just after like one 10-hour hike, one of us got massively dehydrated. Poor planning for a day hike. One of us had a new pair of shorts didn't judge their attire properly, and totally sandpapered the entire inside and outside of their thighs after walking 22 miles in these new shorts. I may personally know a lot about that one. Very poor planning. This was only one day, and we needed tougher feet. What if that was the first day of a month-long hike through the Sierra Nevada mountains? What if that was the first day of you know, a four-month hike down the Appalachian Trail. How tough would we have needed to bend? We hardly made it through one day. Our lives are like this, as good as our new beginnings are. Hebrews chapter 11 highlights the lives of men and women who had the resilience and the endurance to make the long walk of faith. Then Hebrews chapter 12, our text for today, identifies the leader of leaders, 
of all those who attempt to make the journey of faith. Here's what the scripture says. So let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the beginner, and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. There are two strong directions for every follower of Jesus in this passage. Number one, as much as possible, keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Hopefully for all of us, this is part of what got us to come on a really hot day or if through our computer, to a worship service. Like we need a rhythm at least one out of every seven in a special way to fix our eyes on Jesus. This is like number one motivation for worshiping. The other strong direction here is to consider Jesus who endured such opposition. That's the description of our Lord and Savior, the one who endured such opposition. Sometimes I fall prey to thinking like as long as I am on the narrow path of Jesus, things should tend to work out. And things should tend to work out relatively simply or easily. And sometimes I'm so naive that I equate that with being blessed. That is not what being blessed means. If you are following Jesus, hardship and suffering will be part of the way. Struggle will be part of the way. One of the deep messages and themes of this particular book of the Bible is that God will not abandon his people or you in particular in the midst of your hardship, in the midst of your struggle. And how do we know this? Because Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, has suffered more greatly than any of us. And if our lives are bound up in his, the same thing at the end of the day is going to be true of us. God's word continues with this incredible line. In your struggle against sin and hardship, you have not resisted yet to the point of shedding your own blood. Now that is quite a thing to say, especially if you're writing to an audience who is going through some significant suffering and hardship. You haven't yet endured this or resisted it to the point that you've shed your own blood. When I was a high school senior, I sat in choir next to a guy. I mean, we talked a little bit every day. And at some point in my last semester in college, my choir mate discovered this verse in the Bible. And it broke him down. I mean, he was struggling with some personal issues, behaviors that he wasn't yet in control of. And one day at the beginning of choir, he came in, in the te with tears in his eyes, realizing that God was speaking to him, brother, I'm calling you to resist, maybe to the point of shedding your own blood. And he detected this to mean that not God, that God was abandoning him, but that God was more deeply with him in his own sin and struggle than he ever would have thought uh, before. I am very, very confident there are people who are watching right now who that is God's word for you today. That this is what God is calling you to. God's word continues. And have you forgotten? Don't forget. This word of encouragement that addresses you as a parent addresses a child. And now this writer quotes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. My child, please take this personally. My child, do not make light of the Lord's discipline 
And do not lose heart even when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the ones that he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as a child. So because God is the best, most loving parent in the world, if you're with him, at some point, God will intentionally discipline you. If you are a Spring Hill counselor, you're following Jesus, and part of why you are counseling and sleeping on church floors and doing camp, even though it's probably not looking like what you thought camp was going to look like when you signed up, this is part of your strengthening, toughening your feet, This is part of your development. This is part of your formation. And you can be totally confident if God called you to the service and ministry that God loves you so much that there are going to be things that are from God that make things maybe more difficult than what you thought when you were signing up for. And it's not necessarily always the devil tempting you or challenging you. It's actually God trusting you to get stronger in his name. If you are a young adult who's about to head off to college, this semester is not going to look like what you signed up for. One way of looking at this with tough feet would be that this is part of God's plan for making you uniquely resilient. Maybe more so if you have older siblings than the path that they had to walk. Maybe more resilient than those who are coming after you. I don't know all of what God is up to. However, I know that if God called you to be in education right now as a teacher or a student, part of what he is desiring to do out of his loving, fatherly parenting heart is to raise up something in you to bring some good into the world that may not have been able to exist otherwise. Do we have enough faith in God to trust that that might be the case? The next verse makes this so clear. Hebrews 12, verse 7. Endure your hardship as discipline. God is treating you as one of his precious children. For what children are not disciplined by their parents? Now, here's what the Bible does not say. The Bible does not say that every single hardship comes from God. It does not make God the author of Every massive challenge does not make God the author of sin, right? Hardship comes into our lives in different ways. Through the brokenness of the world, through the sinfulness of other people, through our own brokenness and behavior, hardship can come in so many different ways. But the Bible counsels this, whatever hardship you are currently facing, if you can re-envision it, if you can re-envision it that God can use this, for your good, for your discipline, for your transformation, to do something in you and bring you to a place that otherwise you would not get, that makes you stronger in the faith. I had a piano teacher when I was a younger kid in college. There's a piece of music I was super struggling on for an entire semester. There was a passage in this thing that was so fast, I thought I would never be able to learn it. And this was a problem because I was scheduled to perform this piece of music with an entire orchestra. So like failure was not an option. I was like, how am I going to learn this? I'm practicing hours a day. I am not getting there. I do not have a vision of how my practice and suffering is getting there. My piano teacher got me to do this. Practice this one quarter speed, Greg, of what the performance tempo is going to be. Right? So it's going to be... It's just da 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 da. I did this for weeks and then I cranked it up just notch by notch by notch. And it was like a miracle. After two months, 
because I went through that pain and suffering and followed the discipline of my teacher, it totally worked. Like something changed in me, in my hands, in my brain, in my wiring, in my deep down, because I submitted to this discipline that my teacher put in front of me. The same thing is true in terms of our faith development, in terms of our spiritual maturity, in terms of our soul life. God wants to use the very things that we think are impossible, are just massive struggles, and to gently lead us to the place where it actually forms us and shapes us and changes us. Here's what I know. If there is pain in your life, and all that you can see is that that pain is pointless, it is unbearable. Pointless pain, humanly speaking, is unbearable. However, if you can see even a glimmer that there is some deeper purpose to your pain, to your hardship, to your struggle, then your feet get a little tougher and by God's grace and with his strength, you can walk on. Here's what I know about God. He is the great redeemer of hardships. He is the great recycler of pain. God is the great reclaimer and repurposer of loss. And here's how it works. If we can reframe our hardships and connect it to God's heart of love as our best and truest parent, then this is possible. Hebrews 12 verse 11 says this, no discipline is going to seem pleasant at the time. Amen, anybody? <laughs> I mean, practicing the piano till your fingers bleed, that is not pleasant. It's painful. But later on, however, this produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained up by it. Is anybody having a hard time right now? Complicated time, you know, your life is maybe just not how 2020 was shaping up. Going through a hardship, going through a difficulty, suffering. This is God's word for you. With what you are going through right now, is the Lord just asking you to tread water? No. Is God asking you to view your circumstances as uniquely tragic? And they might be. But no, that is not the invitation of the Lord in your life. Is the Lord inviting you to look at your current hardship as part of his training plan? Part of his plan to discipline your life so that you can become more like Jesus? Yes, that is the heart of God in this. There is no pain that God cannot repurpose. There is no hardship that God will avoid walking through with us. Here's the miracle that I believe will be emerging in our midst, especially the longer global pandemic and current universal season of hardship goes on. Here's the miracle that I'm praying for, that God turns this season of hardship into a unique season of harvest. Amen, anybody? This is what God does. He turns hardship into harvest. Not to give away too much, but our next three worship services are going to be all about this. The particular spiritual fruit and harvest that Jesus uh, is trying to cultivate in our midst right now in 2020. 
Here's the last line from Hebrews 12 for the day. Therefore, because we know the heart of God, because we're following the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees, people. Or if I can put it this way, let your feet toughen, right? Let your heart be soft and open and tender to everything that God is doing and let your feet toughen up. This is God's plan for us. Will you pray with me? Lord God, this is hard for us to imagine how we can live our lives in our current circumstances with tender hearts and tough feet. We are thankful, God, that your son, our Savior Jesus, modeled this perfectly. Has there ever been a person who knew human beings so deeply, so truly, so transparently, and yet sacrificed so deeply, so purely, so lovingly. God, give us more of that heart. And has there ever been someone who walked a more difficult path than Jesus of Nazareth? Lord, we want to follow after him. So give us soft hearts and tough feet in Jesus' name. And I thank you that we are not in this alone, but that your spirit fills us up and that you've given us the gifts of friends and community and teachers and mentors to help us on the way. God, we open ourselves to every tool you have to accomplish this vision in us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. We're going to sing a final.